Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from The From Blood and Ash series by Jennifer L. Armentrout, Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, Outlander by Diana Gabaldon, and The Vampire Diaries TV series. Hello! How's it going? Oh, it's going. I'm currently sitting in an empty apartment. <laughs> at time of recording my apartment is um empty I have all my things are on a truck on the way to Nashville yeah are you excited to move I'm so excited so um anyone that doesn't know I will be moving to Nashville here in two days oh my gosh two more days and so when this when this episode releases I will already be in Nashville but at time of recording um I'm currently sitting at my empty apartment waiting to head off to Nashville. I <laughs> I had to choose some books to keep because I obviously they took my TV and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna get so much reading done. So I had this like pile of books. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I need to I need to read some of these. I've only read one so far, but it's been good. I'm excited. I can't wait. So I was gonna ask you how's the reading going? <laughs> it's set a nice goal <laughs> I have like five books I don't know if I'll get through all of them but it's been kind of nice to be able to be like okay like there's no distraction of tv or except for sometimes I'm like I just I don't I don't want to read I'm gonna scroll on bookstagram for <laughs> for four hours so um but it's been good it's been really good so I'm excited um very ready to not be sleeping on an air mattress anymore so yeah that's fair that. definitely fair but yeah that. so how are you Gosh, I'm good. Nothing exciting is happening in my life. I've just gotten a lot of bookish things, but that's about it. Nothing really big going on. (laughs) Yeah, I ordered a bunch of stuff last week and it all, or two weeks ago, and it all just like came in today. (laughs) So I got the bookish box box for April. It came in a little bit late. They had some issues with the publisher. So I got that today and I got my book of the month box and I got some stuff from Enchanted Extras. I know I talked about that last time I was waiting for it to come in and it all came in. So I got a lot. I got two pins, a candle, a bookmark, a book, a bangle that's in the shape of a crown, a book sleeve, a pillowcase. That's the right word. <laughs> I got a pillowcase. Uh, I got a print that's Crescent City and I think that was it. Oh, I got three books from book of the month. So I got whatever we said last time. I already yeah. said these things. Yeah. I know. I was, I was really excited when you, when you were like, I got all my things. You like sent me a, sent me a text and you're like, guess what just came in. So it's always, it's always fun to get bookish mail. I'm, I'm very happy. All my stuff came in. I feel like I was like waiting for this week and I'm like checking obsessively and it finally all just came in. So that was nice. <laughs> That's funny. That was me when they shipped my book of the month. I was like obsessively checking my tracking like number and everything because I've been relatively good about my book buying band. So I've been I've been really good. I do love that. Well, should we get into whatever we're talking about this week? Let's do it. 
All right. So we're talking about A Crown of Gilded Bones by Jennifer L. Armentrout. If you haven't listened to our other episodes, go listen to those. This is the third in the From Blood and Ash series, and it just came out. So this will be one month-ish from when it came out April 20th. And we are excited to dive in with some aggressive spoilers. I haven't heard a ton of opinions about this one other than people's star ratings because people haven't wanted to spoil it. So I'm ready for the one month to be up and everyone to just go nuts. What about you? Same. I have a lot of opinions on this book. Yeah, same. I'm I'm ready to hear what other people have to say, but I'm glad that we get to like talk about this. What are your initial thoughts on the book? Uh, not my favorite in the series so far. It really isn't. I would say if I would say like a general overview, the first like 150 pages and the last 100 pages were my favorite. Everything in the middle, it could have been pulled out and I, it wouldn't have affected my, <laughs> it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made a difference to me. So um, I love, like I said, I love the first like the beginning of this book was so great. And I was like, this is starting off great. And then we get to the middle and I was just like, okay, I'm bored. And then like the last hundred pages, I was like, this is what we're here for. So I hope she takes that energy throughout the rest of the series. What about you? What do you what's your kind of general? I don't know if I like this series anymore. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time with it. So I like I love from blood and ash the first book and I was so ready for this one to come out I remember talking to like a couple people on bookstagram and like chatting with you about it and I remember being like so stoked for this one to come out I had read the initial chapters previously because she had posted the first like four chapters on the website so I had read those kind of anticipating what the beginning of the book was going to be and I was like good yeah keeping the energy up it starts right where the last one ends so ready for that and I agree like the first couple hundred pages probably about to like chapter eight or nine it's so good. And it's so intense and so much is happening. And you're like, okay, a lot of stuff's going wrong. This isn't great. Don't love that. But like, something's got to give, so something's got to get better. And then it does. And then the middle was just like, here we go again with that, like internal monologue of poppies. That's repetitive and overdone. And it took to chapter 23 for like any sort of smut. There were no sexy scenes all the way up until like literally chapter 23. And we're only here for that or a massive amount of us is here for that. All of the smutty scenes were trash. I'm just going to throw that out there. There was maybe one that I enjoyed. Okay. I also like. There's a lot of public nudity. Well, I mean, that's whatever. That's fine. You know, teach their own. I didn't mind that. But it's just like, I thought they were so boring. It was just, just, it felt, it felt so repetitive. It was very flat. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of like, okay. I mean, they're newlyweds. Like, come on. (laughs) I don't know. I was. Yeah. And the last hundred pages, I don't know. I wasn't that it was really chaotic. I forgot everything that happened in the other book. So I had a really hard time kind of following this. I think I should have done a reread of kingdom of flesh and fire, like immediately after. And the, these books took me like two days, or I would say like three days for the first two, three days total for the first two. And this one took me like two and a half weeks. It took me a really long time to get through this. I feel like I had a hard time and even the end, I mean, it was good, but I was like, okay, cool. I don't know. This one kind of ruined it for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> this is going to be a precursor to how the episode's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say I, I'm obviously going to continue reading it because I'm, I'm invested. I was not impressed with this one. This was not it for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked the storyline. It's just that middle part got 
I don't know if it's because this is the third one I've read that has the same middle part where it's Poppy's internal monologue and it's very similar. And that got a little boring for me, but I feel like this book would have been a really solid 300 page book. And she had said this before that this was the longest book she's ever written and et cetera, et cetera. And it just didn't feel necessary. There were so many parts in here that was just like literal word fillage. Yeah. I, I mean, you and I, <laughs> no, yeah. Like she just kind of was filling the page instead of actually, you know, instead of actually building the story and you and I kind of talked about this too. I like texted you after I finished it. And I was like, I feel like the, like, like I said, the beginning of the book was really good. The end of the book, I really loved, but like, if I feel like this could have been a three book series and if she had that kind of energy, take out that middle and all three books are honestly have that kind of like internal poppy monologue that gets really old after a while and so I think this could have been a very solid three book series if she had taken that out and I mean you and I had talked about this too and so and just kind of condensed it I guess we can start we can start in in Go, into it in the in. beginning so um, we, we still love from blood and ash this just was oh, not yeah. it for me I feel like it, she just wrote them a little too quick I think that's the yeah. issue here it was good so we sort of yeah, let's dive in, right? <laughs> yeah, so we start again right where Kingdom of Flesh and Fire ended. So Poppy is in the temple of Nikdos, and she has just leveled some Atlanteans that were trying to stone her. And the Wolven are, like, their bonds have broken. They are bonded to her and only her. The queen, Eliana, which is also really confusing because the blood queen is Iliana and she is Eliana or Eliana or however you say it. It's like the same name. Who is Isabeth? Isabeth is Iliana. She's the, the red queen. Right. There's like, stop. There's a lot of eyes and is and it's just, okay. I've said this before and I will say it again. It's just the, there are 26 letters in the alphabet. Please yeah. stop using the same letter to name more than one character. Like I, I don't care. If you add an X in front of a name and make it silent, I am tired of reading the exact same letter. And these names are so similar too. And it's yeah. like, I, I, again, I'm invested in the series, but I'm not deep enough in it to realize that these are two different people you're talking about, especially since they're both Queens. Same with Malik and Malik or Malik, Malik, multiple X, whatever his name is. Drives yeah. me nuts. It drives me insane. It's a lot. It's this is a hard one. Yeah. And I, I had moments I was like, who is she talking about? Who is who? And so, especially when it came to the Queens, I had a really hard time figuring that out. But yeah, that was a struggle for me. But anyways, you know, the Queen is like, this is the last descendant of Nikto, stop before your Queen. And then it just, all chaos erupts. Like, it's so random. Like, I felt like the, the chaos in this moment came out of nowhere. Like, it was so unnecessary. Alistair is being Alistair and being annoying and just like, I don't, you know, see you as my queen, da, 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 da. maybe we're moving too fast, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden he's like, protect your king and queen. And then he shoots Kieran and Castile and, um, and I think Delano, right? Yeah. With these weird arrows and they like go all like rigid, you know, and they, Poppy thinks Castile's dead. And so she, obviously loses her mind and so she like goes after Alistair and then someone knocks her out from behind like someone whacks her over the head and that's it that's like the whole first scene it's just utter chaos I was shocked I was literally shooketh 
this, I read these first four chapters and I was like, okay, this is going to set the tone for the rest of the book. It's going to be good. And this was shocking to me. Like I was, okay. I really thought somebody big was going to die in this book. Spoiler alert. Nobody big dies, but I really thought Kieran was going to die. Like that was my theory. I was really thinking that. And I thought that Castile or Poppy was going to get like mortally wounded and we were going to have some issues. She does, but not, and she recovers. I thought that one of them was going to be like down and out for the count for a while or someone was going to die. And I thought it was going to happen right here. And I was, I was, I was not well. <laughs> I was like, oh no, 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 no. Like you cannot kill She's ready Castile. to watch that book. <laughs> like that book was getting ready to get like catapulted across yeah. that room. I was closing it and lighting <laughs> it on fire. If Castile died, like I was done. I was like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so this part was so heartbreaking and it's like, wow it's so emotional and overwhelming. And you're like, I knew it. We all knew it. If you thought that Alistair wasn't the bad guy, you must think Ursula is a nice person. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) I, and I, the further you get on in the book, the more you just hate Alistair. Like, you're just like this, this dude, his whole like sense of right and wrong and how to go about protecting Atlantia was so just misconstrued and just like corrupted and just screwed up wild it's just like bro like how and it's so funny because poppy's like you know after everything happens she ends up she like wakes up in this freaking crypt which terrifying can you imagine like waking up you're literally being held by like vines and bones and there's decaying deities around you and and Jansen, who was one of the guards, um, one of like the head of the royal guard, basically in Macedonia, shows up, and she's like, "Thought you were dead. This is weird." He's like, "Nope." And then he like turns into Beckett, and I was like, "Oh no!" So it wasn't Beckett; it was Jansen. And so we come to find out, Jansen kills Beckett, killed Beckett, and I'm that just like, "Was awful." That broke my heart. I was like. Did we have to kill Beckett? Like, what was the, why? Yeah, that was really strange to me. I didn't see that coming at all. And then I was really, I was so sad about it. And I was like, why, why was that like necessary? And then I, I, I don't think Beckett is like a relevant character and then you kill him off. And then we sort of never really mention him that much again. Everybody's just kind of vaguely sad. I thought that was really strange because she kind of develops a relationship with Jensen as Beckett for a majority of this, as it turns out. And I thought that was so creepy. Yeah, it was just, I did not like that. And so she finds out, she like, (laughs) this is a big info dump. Yeah, it's just basically an info dump of like who you are, why they're doing it, what's the whole, what the hell is going on. And then she offends Jansen and then Jansen knocks her out. Shocking because he's, you know, whatever. But, anyways, and then Alistair comes in and, you know, she wakes up and Alistair's there and she's like, I knew, I knew you were behind this. Like, shocking shocking development alistair's a piece of crap and so alistair's talking about how she's you know a child of the gods and you find out that or a deity's daughter or whatever there's just like all this throughout this entire book you always hear oh here's this is your dad no this is your dad no this is your mom this could be your it was like so i felt like we were in that it was like it was the same, it was just this like same dialogue from Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. It was just like, I don't know who my parents are. And it was just like, I feel like that dialogue just got so old and so confusing and just like kind of pointless. Like it was like that, 
obviously that's a huge focus in like her character and who she is and why she can do all the things that she can do but like I don't know I didn't I didn't like I thought it was kind of boring honestly like I was just like okay we get it like we don't know who her parents are we get it I felt like this was that book is your mama a llama (laughs) wandering around asking everybody (laughs) if his mother yeah like where his mom is that's how I felt uh, I agree. I think this was so repetitive and I was just so confused. I was like, okay, we get it, but who is her mom and who is her dad? And like, what's actually going on? And I just felt like throughout this whole book, we literally went from half Atlantean to full Atlantean to deity to potentially a goddess to back to a deity. And it felt very like TVD where Elena like dates Matt and then she dates Stefan and then she dates Damon and then she goes back to <laughs> Stefan. It was yeah. nice. We got better like progressively as we went and she ends up with Damon in the end. But like, what a Make journey. a choice. Like, let's figure this out. Like, it was uh, yeah. I, I, it was just the whole process of like figuring out what she was. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just like, everyone's like, oh, well, I don't know. Let's jump around to all these conclusions instead of like waiting and figuring it out. But then also her internal monologue, which is consistently like, who are my parents? Castile, Willa's diary. Um, like, um should I be the queen and that's about it like that's literally what her entire dialogue like internal dialogue was and it was just like constant throughout the middle of the book and so it's just kind of annoying but obviously she finds out you know Alistair's like well your dad is Malik who was the the first king basically and all this stuff and he's like you're you know he had all these powers and he was terrible and he was mean and only a few of us knew that he had these powers and I knew who you were as soon as I, you know, I knew your parents and you find out Alistair was there when her parents were killed. Um, he didn't kill her parents and there was someone else that was there. And we don't know who this ominous person is. They call him the dark one, but it's not Castile, but like, I, I don't know. I, maybe it was Malik is my, is maybe, maybe, I mean, later on you kind of, like at the end of the book, I was like, maybe it's Malik. Like, that's my theory is that it's Malik, but I don't know. I have no idea. No clue. No, no idea. Because it's, thankfully, they didn't focus on her dreams or her nightmares the entire book like they did on the last one. That was one of the things that was just like, okay, we get it. You have nightmares. Um, thankfully, there was only like two or three references to her nightmares throughout the book. But so he basically admits, yeah, I knew your parents. I helped them. I helped someone else kill them basically and then um I wanted I was basically trying to kill you and the king and queen knew and so you get you consistently throughout the story get these tidbits about the king and queen of Atlantia that you're like they're not great like they're they're not especially towards the end I was like I I don't I I I do not like like the former queen you know the queen mother uh queen eliana of atlantia you know i was just like nope not vibing with this one but yeah what did you think about the whole information dump from jansen and alistair i felt like i needed a chart i still need to chart i don't know what's going on i don't know who's who and like who is related to who yeah i was just annoyed i'm like i get it that you know you think this guy is her dad or whatever but it, it was a bit much. And we, this is a trope that I feel like we've had a lot where there's one older guy that's a fanatic or some, you know, someone who's like stuck in the old ways. That's very fanatical. 
so I wasn't that surprised by it, but it just was like, okay, well, that wasn't very surprising. That wasn't like a big plot twist. And I think that kind of irritated me a little bit. I was like, Alistair's been shady this whole time. And I don't like to guess things. And I feel like there's no foreshadowing in this book. It's just like, that's what's going to happen. That's exactly how it's going to go. So I didn't like that. I didn't like, I, yeah, I agree. I don't like the King and Queen of Atlantia. He seems like a drip of a human. Like, do you, do you serve a purpose, sir? Or are you just the husband of a powerful woman? Because to me, he seems like he doesn't have a lot of opinions about things and doesn't really care that much about Castile either. I feel like he has very little to contribute to the conversation and his, I don't know. My, I don't think it's Malik. I don't think that's who the dark one is. I think it's going to be a brand new character. We don't know yet. That's my thought. Yeah. Maybe like a revenant. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know. Or yeah, it might be someone who's like from way back when it could be Malik. You're right. I don't know. I just think that that that's what I was talking about. It's nice that it's nice that what you said earlier that you thought that Alistair was involved in her parents was right. Good for you. I know. I was like, was right on that (laughs) one. And I like sent you that. You're like, yeah, we all were. Every one of us. I was like, no, I know, but it was just like I didn't think that he was going to be a part of her parents' death until I read it, or like that he was going to have been there. I didn't think that, so that was a good guess. Um, I was like, he totally had something to do with her freaking death. Like, there's no way. Like, it was just like, I don't know. For me, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He's just weird. Like, what a weird character. I don't know. Like, he's just the info. He's just so fanatical. Yeah, he's also the scapegoat for everything. Like everything that went wrong. It was Alistair that did it. Like, everything. I don't like that they do these big info dumps of vital information so early on. And then you go, like, further in the book and you're like, okay, well, that was fine. But it doesn't make sense as we go on. And then you need, like, another info dump later. It's like, so we've been waiting to hear about who these deities were. And then they're like, well, the deities were awful. They were evil. They lost feelings, this, that, and the other. And you're like okay, well then why are you bowing to me? And, you know, why am I the rights to the throne and all this stuff? And I I get that they overran, you know, the kingdom and stuff like that and got deities out, but it was just very extreme. And I feel like there's a huge buildup to an info dump. And then you're like, okay, it's great. Got that information moving forward. And then you get about halfway through and you're like, okay, so I need more information again. And it's just like, instead of progressively giving it throughout the whole story, it's all at like, three chapters and you're like oh okay and you have to read it like four times and be like okay here's the chart yeah let's make our little chart of who is who and where they fit into the puzzle and i yeah i don't i'm not a big fan of the whole info dump process i really i'm i'm a big fan of like breadcrumbs throughout the story i really like when when authors are like okay we're building it up to this and that and i, I don't know it was just it wasn't yeah my other thing is like she does do the breadcrumbs but then we're three books in and who the hell is the first maiden you know what I mean she puts these breadcrumbs in there and says these things and then never follows up on them you know it's like we mentioned that Castile's a dark one in the first one but now he hasn't been brought up that title for him hasn't been brought up until the end of this one which clearly he's not the dark one we know that like we're all gonna just assume that's him same thing with the first maiden they brought her up in the first one they sort of said something in the second one and now they brought her up in this one but we still don't know who she is or if she was even real so it's like yeah there's breadcrumbs and I have a lot of questions but you've answered none of them and we're literally 1,000 not even we're like 1,600 pages in and I still don't have a clue about how the ascended happened 
who's the first maiden, why this happened with the DNT. You know, like there's so many questions that yeah. you asked in the first book and still have not answered in this one. So I feel, I like, feel like Poppy. I feel like Poppy. Like I have a question. Yeah, I have a question. <laughs> like Poppy, Shocking. I'm right there with you because I have no idea what's going on here. This is a runaway train and there's just, I have no idea. So she ends up basically, she can't get loose because the bones of deities suppress power and so on and so forth. So she's like in these bones and vines and stuff and can't get out. Well, shocker, Castiel rescues her and kills all these other, they're called the unseen and um, all these, this like quote unquote brotherhood of the unseen. And so you know, this whole thing happens and he rescues her and she's about to kill Jansen. And then she gets an arrow in the chest and she's like dying on the battlefield. And this scene was really sad. Cause I was like, she wrote Castile really well in this scene, Castile and Kieran really well in this scene. And this scene was just like, again, like I said, the first 150 pages were so good. And this scene was just so you're like, Oh my God, we're 150 pages into this book. And she's like mortally wounded. Uh, that's what I was saying. I thought this was going to be one of those moments where Poppy was going to be down and out for like a while, you know, like quite some time. And we were going to have to do this whole book where we switched to Castile, but it didn't. I like this scene. You're right. This one was so well-crafted and it's one of those ones where you can visualize every single moment in your head. And that is well written. There's a scene like this in Akawar, I think it is, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a scene in Aquawar that's really similar to this. And this felt very like Lord of the Rings to me when they're in the tomb and all that stuff. And it just was like a really good, well-crafted battle scene. You could tell everything yeah. that was going on. And I really thought Poppy was going to be down and out for the count, man. And then oh. the, <sighs> bummer. I didn't like this. Okay. So then Poppy is, his dad says to him, this was nice. I will say side note. I did like that his dad showed up because I still yeah. think he's a drip of a human, but <sighs> <laughs> or an Atlantean, but it was cool to see her write him in and say, oh, he's going to come help fight with Castile. And then says, no, you're family. Yeah. So that was the first kind of like little drop in the pond that they accept her. And it's not going to be an entire book of that. At least he but, accepts her. Yeah. And it's not going to be a whole book of everybody being like, we don't trust Poppy. Who's Poppy. Never heard of her. Thank goodness. That would have gotten old real fast. Yeah. I mean, it was getting old real fast. Like that was the already whole... old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. And so, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And then she, so then he says, you know, don't ever do this. You can't come back from this. And Castile says, I don't care. I'm going to send her. I never at any point thought she was going to turn into a vampire. You? I didn't think so. I was like, there's no way because then uh, no, like, no, no. But it was also just like, kind of, I was like, Oh, that's a pretty rash decision to go like to go for there, bro. And then you keep getting this like this like, oh, this is what Malik did. This is what Malik did. And when I got to the end of the book, I'm like, y'all wonder. Y'all did y'all did Malik dirty. Like I I had okay, before you say that, I literally did not realize he was ascending her. When his dad was like, don't do this, you can't come back from it. And then I read to the part where she was like, I'm waking up and I like have bloodlust. I was like, oh, okay. I get it now. Like it, I literally was like, what's he doing? I'm, I don't know. No. Like, when I, so when Kieran was, he like looked at Kieran, when he like looked at Kieran and was like, and Kieran was like, okay, like, let's do this. I was like, he's sending her. This is, this is, 
is happening. This is happening, people. Like, this is intense. So all the woven are, like, keeping everyone at bay, fighting off the guards, and this big old tree sprouting up out of nowhere, and it's just, like, branches. All I just, like, pictured is all these, like, limbs and branches, and them trying, like, Castile trying to save her, and just desperate to save her, and crying, and she's just, like, I kind of know what's going on, but I don't. And then she has this flicker of recognition of like what's happening in the situation. And she's like, oh, this is really bad, but I can't do anything. Like I literally can't do anything to like stop him. And so he ascends her basically. And it's yeah. very, and then it's like the typical, everything goes dark. You I know, didn't read that like, well because I was like, what's he doing? What's going on uh, here, guys? Like I literally was like, oh, <laughs> Sending her. Mm, okay. Like, it took me a while to like many things. I was like, no. What's he doing? He's going to heal her, right? Because that's what their like blood does. Nope. Wrong rules. Wrong vampire rules. I was, I was like, what's he doing? <laughs> You're thinking TVD, not, yeah, yeah. not from Blood and Ash. So sorry. <laughs> I really like this scene too of like her like waking up and not recognizing even who she was. And this kind of idea of, oh, maybe she is vampire. Like, maybe she forgot who she was. She doesn't know who, she Ka- like, she doesn't know who Kieran is. She doesn't know who Castile is. She <laughs> wakes up and Kieran's like, oh, you're awake. He's like, you're strong. Oh, wow, you're really strong. And he's like trying to hold her off. And then Castile comes in. All I imagine is big Castile wrapped, big bear hug wrapped around um, Poppy. And Poppy's just an angry chihuahua, just like, ah, ah, ah. It was kind of a funny moment. And then, yeah, it got a little awkward a little bit for me. At least I was like, yeah, I don't know if Kieran needed to be in the room for that. (laughs) This scene was so weird. She like breaks the chair and he's like, no big deal. Ha ha ha. This happens to me all the time. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that was like necessary. That was just that word filling in there that felt really uncomfortable and made the dialogue like really awkward. And then I kind of got it like this was our big spice scene or the start of a big spicy scene and I don't like these moments in their relationship or in this world that like when you're biting the other person it's like really hypersexual it's just it's like uncomfortable to me I get it like emotions are running high and all that kind of stuff but it just feels unnecessary and it was just like creepy to me and you're like Karen's just standing there just being a crate hanging out like, watching watching fine Ew, I was, was just like well, and it was so weird too, because it's like, okay, because you're reading it and it's this like spicy scene and you're like, okay, Kieran left the room, right? And then she like, nope, literally they're, they're doing the dirty and Kieran has a hold of her. So she doesn't like rip out Castile's throat. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Like, I understand the Wolven are like very sexually free and like this doesn't bother them but as I was just like that's I don't think the smut needed to be included in this moment yeah I agree I I think this was the the drama included in that being like you don't know if she's ascended or not and that's the point is he's trying to be there and like be more protective but it was it just felt like it was it was the drama and it was anticipation to figure out whether or not she was actually ascended yeah and I just hated it I was so uncomfortable I was like oh well you knew she wasn't ascended anyways like they already talked about it before this whole down and dirty scene happened like they're like oh your eyes didn't change like you're fine it was just both Kieran and Castile like commented on it and then I I also thought it was really funny when she's like he's like yeah I don't think you like turned into a vampire she like 
books it for the door and opens the door wide open and it's like sunlight right vampires can't be in the sun and they'll like burn and she's just like oh no I just felt the sun on my skin and and Castile has a basically has a coronary like he has heart attack because he's like don't do that to me and then she realizes that she's naked and out and like chilling in front of this cabin thing and then she's like embarrassed okay you just bang your husband in front of Karen I don't think you have anything to be embarrassed about in front of the wolf anymore Nope, nope, there's no embarrassment left. So, this whole, yeah. Bleh, I don't know. I just need to stop, but it was just weird. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. that either, though. I thought it was so uncomfortable. I was like, how unlike Poppy of her to just like run out there and and do that to Kaz? Like, just open a window, chill out, you know? I don't It was, it was just so, it was so unnecessary. It's like, that would have been a great chance to do the spicy scene without Kieran. And with Kieran, it made me so, it was so awkward. And exactly. I don't like, I don't understand the blood thing. Like I get that the Atlanteans drink blood, but it's not so big of a deal. And then they brought it up again. I was like, I don't know if you're going to need to drink blood. And it's like, okay, but they don't act like vampires. So let's not talk about it. I don't know. There were just like certain things that were just kind of unnecessary. Like I understand Castile has to like drink her blood basically to survive. I get that. But like every time he does that, it's like a supercharged sexual scene. scene. It's never anything that's just having a midnight snack. Like- (laughs) I don't know. Everything is very like, very just like sexually charged. But I get that's kind of the premise of the whole that was thing. The point, it's also right? just like it's almost it's almost crude. like that's the point. <laughs> no, but I just I get I think there's for points me- where smut is good, and there's points where smut is just like unnecessary, and it felt a little unnecessary in this one because in the first one it's good, it's so good. Even the beginning oh. where you're like, okay, this is gonna be a spicy romance novel, even then just not. Even them just making out is hot. Like, yeah, like we love them. We love them as a couple. And this one was, uh, nah. there was just so many scenes where I was like, ugh. well, okay. First of all, every scene that was like, again, like I said, anytime he had the quote unquote feed, it was like a super sexually charged scene. And it's like, okay, that's great. I don't know. It was just so, it was, it got boring. It got really boring really fast. And I was just like, okay, let's, Maybe throw some like Fifty Shades of Grey stuff in here, like maybe. I like, thought the shower scene spice was it up be... a little, a little more. Yeah, I thought. The I shower thought the shower scene, scene was going to be really good, and it was like two and a half pages, and then they were like, "Oh, we have to go," and I was like, "This would have been the perfect smutty scene that we needed," and it was just like mediocre. The fact that he's like, "I would lose control," and I'm like, "Do it!" Like, and it was so annoying the rest of the time when he's like just to let you know I'm in control. I'm like, no one cares, which is probably going to happen in the next one, but whatever. Yeah, I think that's that's what she's like leaning up to. I just felt like some of these scenes were, it was just like, oh, okay, this was a good one, but I wanted a little bit more. And there was so much like public smut scenes. It was, it was so awkward. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) The one, the one as I go in the garden in like the middle of the day, I was like, okay, unnecessary. Yeah. The one on the beach was so awkward. I was like, yep. This was yep. weird. I I think I have no words. I don't know. Well, the cabin so, scene was weird for me. Odd. The cabin scene was odd and weird, but anyways, they find out she's not ascended into at least she is ascended but not into a vampire. So they don't know exactly what she is. And so they Castile keeps his dad captive until he figures out what happens with Poppy because he doesn't want him to like run home to his mom and be like hell on Castile and so 
they go see his dad and they you're like yeah she's not a sinner she's at least not a vampire and you know he's like cool all right can I go see your mom now it's just like it was so weird and the rest of the time it's them on the way to Atlantia and waiting to talk to his mom that's literally the next 300 pages it's just them traveling and hanging out in Atlantia and waiting to talk to the queen yeah this was a really weird thing so they had this conversation early on saying whether or not they're going to take like the king and queen slot because his brother is captured and he's married and she's a deity so we're like okay she's they're going to take the crown because this this and this right we've established that and then they have this conversation with his dad where he right basically holds him captive and says this you know says you're not going to tell these people this and that and it's like but isn't he the king you know his dad he kind of talks down to him like he's already the king like castile is already the king over his dad i forgot his dad's name but he already talks to him over that so i felt like that was a really weird thing for then her to continue on and go well i don't know if i want to be queen castile be like i don't know if i want to be king it's up to you whatever choice you want that was a really weird buildup because i feel like they already assumed the spot and just like hadn't taken the crown but then we get all the way to Atlantia and she's like, I'm not so sure, like 50, mm, 50. And I was like, this conversation's over. This conversation was over at the beginning, or I would say the last like 20 pages of Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. We already knew you were coming here to take the crown, I thought. So the internal do- dialogue all the way through the middle was exhausting, exhausting. I was- also, yeah, I, her internal do- dialogue throughout the middle of the book, I was just like, okay, we get it. You don't like Willa's journal. You want to bang your husband. You don't know if you want to be queen and you don't know who your parents are. Like that's literally the four things that just kept constantly coming up and coming up and coming up. Also getting really tired of the very old joke of Kieran being like, Oh, she Poppy's like, I have a question. And Kieran's like, "Hmm, none of us are surprised it's not funny anymore. Like it was just so old and overplayed and like his dialogue through the entire, the beginning of the book and the end of the book was great. Like his dialogue in there was great through the middle of the book. I wanted to see more from Kieran. Like I really did. Like I loved him in the second book and I wanted to see more and you just didn't. And I feel like they brought his family in and his sister and his mom. I thought that they were going to bring in more of him and, you know, say a couple more things there. I thought it was really strange that, you know, they're at his mom's house or whatever, his parents' house and the unseen come and they do that and they attack. And then Poppy does this thing again, where she's like, I'm so modest, me all modesty, modest in my like t-shirt. Ha ha ha. And then had that, that was, that monologue was so irritating. I was like, okay, get, we get it Poppy. Like you're not modest anymore because you're not the maiden. And I understand that she was establishing that, you know, she's building her self-confidence, but those scenes were so weird. The unseen come, they fight, they, another info, here we go again, another big info dump. And then we don't see them again until the very end. And it just sort of ends with Poppy going crazy again, bringing out her emotions and killing them all. And that's it. There's no precursor to like what's going to happen with them in the next bit. And we don't fight them at all really later on. So that to me, there was a huge disconnect there. That was another one of those ones where it's like, where's the information here? I'm missing it because I, I thought that that was going to be what they fought in this one. I thought it was going to be like the unseen and then the blood queen. We like maybe have a conversation once or twice, but I didn't think it was going to be everything that happened at the end. Yeah. I really thought the unseen were going to be our like enemy numero uno. And 
again, she was building it up to be that with Alistair and Jansen in the beginning and then getting attacked at the castle. And then they just like, like literally right in the middle of the book, it was like, they just were irrelevant. And it was she changed her mind as to who the villain in this book was going to be. And so it was very interesting. So, you know, they're there, they're in the capital. They're, they just fought the unseen, everything's done. And they, you know, come to the decision that they're going to go talk to the queen the next day. And so they go talk to the queen and she has this conversation of her. And I really liked how she stood up to the queen and didn't really take her crap basically. And she stood her ground. I really did like that. Um, I, the, the queen is so shady. She just so shady. I mean, in her Absolutely. conversation with Poppy, her like, oh, well, I didn't know. Or, oh, well, yeah, we sent, we knew that Alistair attacked your family and killed your family. And, and we just didn't know he tried to kill the kids. And I'm like, bullshit, bullshit. You di- don't act like you didn't know because we find out later there's 1000%. She knew that they were going to kill Poppy. Like she, knew that Poppy, like, that Poppy was on the chopping block and the kids were going to die. And I don't like that she questions Poppy's morals. She's like, well, I'm not sure if you love Atlantia or not. And I was like, how could she not? Because it's not like she, well, Poppy loves the whole country. And that's the thing that I like about Poppy's character is that she wants to help everyone. She doesn't want to just help Atlantia. She doesn't want to help just help Macedonia. And she goes and is like, wow, Atlantia is beautiful. There's all these amazing things and all these people who are living like a great life. And I want to bring that all the way across the country. So it's kind of, that really pissed me off that Castile's mom and dad, like the King and Queen both were like, we're not sure if you love Atlantia or not, or give it a chance. And I didn't really understand that because she felt some hesitation from Alistair and, you know, his whatever followers and all that stuff. But I wasn't convinced that Poppy didn't like Atlantia. So I didn't really understand the like tour of Atlantia thing that they did because it felt very awkward. It was like, do you not like Atlantia? I I thought that you did. I thought that you were like happy to be here. And then her mom to spend that whole time being like, well, I'm not sure if you're truly an Atlantia. And she's like, yeah, I'm not, but I'd like the crown. And it's, she's just like, I don't know if you're here for the people. I'm like, she just brought a child back from the dead she just saved a child's life an atlantean child's life brought her back from the dead like did her damnedest to save this child and you think you're questioning her morals and whether she cares about the people are you kidding me like i was just yeah and her relationship with the wolven like she she's so sad that their bonds are broken and she's working to make sure that they have like a place there and I, yeah. that was so irritating. I was like, why are we having this conversation? And why do we continue to have this conversation throughout about whether or not she likes it? And even her and Kaz have that. And he's like, well, give Atlantia a chance. And it's like, I, I, I thought we already established. She had like given it a chance. Like this felt yeah. like home to her. She was living her best life for the first time in her life or whatever. That was one of those ones. that was just a word filler for me. And it yeah. really pissed me off. They're having this meeting with the King and Queen. And then they get word that Ian, her brother, is in Spess's end. And I was like, I didn't know how to feel about Ian, you know, and this whole, this is actually a pretty decently played out scene for the middle, you know, with everything. This is a good scene in the middle where, you know, you're kind of just like, how's this gonna work out, you know? And so, you know, she's talking to Castile about how she feels about it. And the king and queen are like, we forbid you to go. And she's like, <laughs> jokes on you like I you can't stop me try please and so they like go out there and I also did not like how Castile was all gung-ho for it and then right before they go out there he's like just 
just be careful. It was so unlike his character. It felt very unlike his character. And I was just kind of like, and she, and she throws it in his face. She's like, if it was your brother, what would you do? This is my brother. If this was your brother, how would you act? How would you, and he's like, yeah, I guess so. And I'm like, yeah, just, just, she's fine. Let her do her thing. She can take care of herself. And so, you know, they're having this meeting. They meet with Ian and he's, he has ascended. So she's, you know, come to terms with, he's not her full brother. She had held out hope that he was her at least half brother. So that, you know, he maybe wouldn't ascend or anything, but he wasn't. And he was fully ascended. So they're having this really tense back and forth. And this conversation just broke my heart. Cause you can tell like Poppy's heart is breaking because she's like, my brother's gone. Like, this is my brother and he's gone. And I was just like, Oh, this is so sad. She was like thinking about killing him. You know, she went in for a hug. And then he says, he's like, I know who the queen is. I know what she is. Wake Nikdos and get his guards and save Solus. And I was like, wasn't expecting that. Like, not going to lie. I was not expecting that. Uh, I felt like Ian, who's this, never heard of him. Forgot she had a brother. I literally forgot. And I ended the chapter and put it down for in a period of time. And I was like, mm, can we see what happens next? Yeah. I didn't like after this part where they have that conversation and, and Castile's like, do you believe him? Could you believe him? And she's like, well, you know, when we were kids, he was such a good actor and he loved to like play the acting parts and he loved to just like act out stories for me. You don't have to be a good actor to just like be scared and try to save yourself, which is exactly what he's doing. So that was so weird to me. I was like, okay, we get it. You still love your brother and you want to like bring back these humanly parts of him, but it would just felt like a little uncomfortable and unnecessary. And then this felt very end of blood and ash where the plan came together just a little too quickly for me, where they were like, Oh, Ian said this, we're going to go, you know, to the keep to meet the blood queen. But on top of that, we're also going to go like check on the gods, just like right quick. And it didn't, it, it came together so quick and it didn't make sense. And I wasn't expecting that at all. I had a feeling that Ian wasn't evil. I had a feeling that even though he was ascended, he was going to say that for whatever reason, I never guessed things, but I did actually have a feeling that that was going to happen. This next scene, it was so, it felt so rushed for me because it was like, oh, we're going to meet Ian. Okay, now we're going back to Atlantia. Now we're going to see the gods. Now we're going, it was just like so fast. And I was like, okay, like again, another information dump. And it was just like, okay. And it was also so frustrating because they were like, it's so dangerous to go through these tunnels. And then like three sentences later, they're through the tunnels and (laughs) in the, in like, Alicia. I'm like, was it really that dangerous? Like, I don't know. It was, this was a bit of that one where this was a bit weird because it's like her world building is so good. And then she's like, oh yeah. So the land of the gods is just beyond those caves that we used to explore when we were kids. And the king and the queen are like, oh yeah, that was like a close kept secret. Nobody was supposed to know about that. Nobody's killed people because of that. Yeah. I was like, ugh, that was so shady. And it was just weird. It was like, Okay, so those were the caves they were in and they always felt a pull towards it. And this was her kind of bringing back what happened in the first ones, which I think she did a good job of, but this was poorly developed. I was confused. I needed a better map of like how that went together. It was strange to me. It didn't come together right. another mark on the king and queen for being shady. Like, let's just throw that out there. I would like to say, I thought that this book was going to be more like courtesan in the court you know, her kind of trying to gain favor of the king and the queen. And we were going to be doing lots of like balls. I mean, I know it was still always going to be them doing like the political stuff, but I thought it was going to be a lot of like her in Atlantia meeting the Atlanteans being in court, 
meeting all the council members. And it was none of that. It was just like no. adventure, monologue, adventure, monologue, adventure, monologue for quite some time. Ugh. And, and then when they get through, yeah, they get through the caverns or whatever. And here it is again, one of those Easter eggs that she never explains. And I'm sure she's going to explain it in the next one. But that girl with the blonde hair shows up or those are her like little zombies. That I was like, this whole scene, it was very prior to the Caribbean for me. That's what it was. Um, okay. And then they have like dirt clods that you just, <laughs> I was just like, this is so random. And then the it was snakes, just like, really, I was not convinced. Yeah, but they're like, was, like dialogue done. also. Well, this, it was like this weird witty banter while they were fighting. It was just, it was I love so, Delano. He's so funny. I love him he is so much. So him and funny. Emil are my favorites, but I was just like this whole dialogue I don't know it was just weird and so and then obviously I wanted everything... it to be really epic I wanted the scene to be really epic was I was not. like ooh zombies coming up out of the woods you know and I thought the same thing that's what it was I felt like it felt very Pirates of the Caribbean to me too and I wanted it to be really epic and I was like oh that like you know the concert or whatever the blonde chick's gonna come down and say something and Poppy's gonna have a connection with her and then she's gonna be like okay go away but that's not really what happened I don't know it was so confusing I just imagine these giant statues looking down at them all shameful like I really hope that when they walk through the diamond beach that someone was with a bucket just dumping <laughs> diamonds in that's what I would have been doing there's, Delano just with a bucket in the background just picking up yeah. diamonds there you go Poppy there's the rock that you know when you walk into a room it enters the room before you do that's the rock that you asked Castillo for a beach of diamonds here you are find it in the beach of diamonds Oh, I was so unimpressed with how they introduced the dragon. I, know, I, I thought it was so kind of funny. Fight. Yeah, like so much. And I thought it was kind of funny that like I was on Poppy's level of excitement to see the dragons because dragons are my favorite mythical creature. And I was so excited. I was like, I am here for some dragons. Let's do this. And um, it was very anticlimactic. So I was not happy about that. I did like that they... they. I did like that she makes the dragons human and regular, like a person. I thought that was really cool. And I was like, okay, so that makes more sense. They're going to be like a race of people, kind of like the Atlanteans, like a race of Atlanteans. I liked that. I thought that was interesting because it gives them more of a background. I think it was like a more conceptual for me versus Aragon style, where it's like a dragon that talks to you. I just wanted more. I was like, I want more dragons. And we get more later on. In that moment, I was like, really? And I felt this whole meeting with Niktos was so pointless so pointless she's like you've you've been awake for a while haven't you and he's like yep the last 20 years and she's like so you know what's going on he's like yep she's like so you're not gonna help nope like that's literally just like how I felt this whole dialogue went and I was just like okay what is the point of this and she's like you know, we're asking for your help. We would like, you know, your guards, da, 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 da. And he's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then she's like, so the revenant and he's like, the what? And then he gets all weird and angry and then kicks her out. And then it's just like, he's like, oh, it's had the power within you. And I'm like, what is this star Wars? Like, I hate, (laughs) I hate cryptic. I hate cryptic messages like that. Uh, Those are like my least favorite. It's like, oh, a riddle we all had to solve. I'm like, I'm not good at riddles. I wouldn't make it. It <laughs> makes me mad. <laughs> it was so, ugh. it was weird. And I didn't like her internal monologue. She's like, I have a lot of questions, but I'm not here for selfish reasons. And it's like, I definitely would be, I would want to know the answers to like what happened and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just hate my hate cryptic. Not I, I did love questions. that Nikos was like, 
you probably have a lot of questions. And she's like, yeah, you know, acting all weird. And he's just like rattles off all these questions that she would have. And she's like, yeah, it was just like, so it, this whole meeting was just so weird and awkward, cringy. It was just like, you better go. Cause your, your friends aren't going to last long. And then they left. That's it. That's, that's all we, that's it. It felt like, very Percy Jackson when he arrives at camp half-blood in the first movie. <laughs> and Poseidon's like, I know you have a lot of questions. And he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, I can't answer any of them. Bye. Peace. That's how it felt. I was so, I was like, okay, mm, super, yep. super. I'll just be here. I don't know. That was odd. So she comes back and, you know, she's talking to the queen and the king and is like, we're going to be coronated. I, I decide. She was coronated before they went to Nikos. You're right. I, okay. If I heard the queen of flesh and fire one more time, I was done. (laughs) I was like, we get it. You love fire. I don't know. There's a lot of words in this books that get repeated often. And that one was so weird to me. I was like, okay, I don't really understand. This is another Easter egg that hasn't been answered at the end of this book, which is totally fine. But I was so sick of it. I thought the coronation was so uncomfortable. I guess we didn't talk about that before. The coronation was so weird with the advisors that like talked back. I was like, here we go again with the same theme of like, nobody trusts Poppy. Nobody believes in Poppy. And, you know, I thought that they were going to get two advisors and she was going to pick Delano. And I was kind of bummed that they only picked one. Like I thought Poppy was going to get one and Kieran was, and sorry, Poppy was going to get one and Castile was going to get one. I felt the same way. I thought she was going to pick Delano. I was like, heck yeah. Like I'm for this. Yeah. And then I was like, nope, just Kieran. And then we were like, oh, are you talking to me about the joining? And I was like, ew. Talk about the most awkward moment in the entire book. I was like, why? Why? You're just throwing that in there because <laughs> everyone's like, floor, like dying freaking- for it. I don't know. We We're missed a lot. The for the freaking joining and yeah because the smut scenes were fucking boring in this book so we Sorry. want the joining yeah and we we're going we're all over the place here this is not an in order <laughs> this is not a chronological order podcast <laughs> but that was so silly to me and i was like oh no i don't like that and i uh, i wanted more from willa i will say that i liked that she said that she was an atlantean and they knew that which they kind of had said so that was one question that finally got answered and then we get to meet willa and then you find out that she's a seer. I was shocked by that. I knew that the chick she met in the red pearl the first time, I knew that that she was going to be an Atlantean. I just didn't think she was going to be Willa. But the whole story behind it was like- She wasn't just okay. Willa. She was the Willa who wrote the damn diary that we hear. This is, okay. We talked about this in the There's last episode. Feelings. I have feelings. So there are a few things that she says every other word. So in the second book, in Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, it's hips. It's- my, the water came to my hips. I was riding on the horse and my hips were swaying and he grabbed my hips to get off the horse and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hips, 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 hips. And then in this book, Tatiana read this before I did. And she was like, if I hear her say the word Amber eyes one more time. But it's not just Amber eyes. It's like Amber as a descriptor. She talks about an Amber liquid. She talks about it in a couple different contexts. And I was like, I'm done. Brown. <laughs> lots of amber well Tot was like okay amber I wanted to throw the book every time I heard Willa's diary or that damn diary or that blasted diary we get it like we get it it's a dirty diary that you and Cass love and read from but you're boring and don't do anything that's actually in the book but it's fine so and then we meet quote-unquote the Willa who wrote said diary and it's like this diary gets brought up in the most random moment and she's like, at least, at least we didn't have the diary. And I'm like, what, why, what, what is the 
freaking point. Like, I just like, ah, it made me so, it made me so annoyed. I was like, okay, we get it. We all get it. We all, we get it. We're here for it. But can you not mention it every two pages? Like yeah, it was, that was weird. And I wanted like more out of that meeting. I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect her to be the seer at the Red Pearl, but I thought that she was going to have more time to communicate with her. And she didn't, she has like one conversation afterwards and was like, I just had a quick question. Why did you send me up there? Not like I had a quick question. Why'd you write this diary? I don't know. We got brought up a lot to not have like an actual conversation with her about anything real. Well, Willa says it. She's like, whenever you work up the courage to ask me the real questions you have, like, like, let me know. And I like Willa. I really liked Willa Same. as a character. She was great. I don't know. It was just kind of. It was so anticlimactic. You wanted like more out of that interaction. I wanted less of the diary. The smutty scene where she's like reading from it. I thought that was kind of funny. Like that was a very unique take on a smut scene. But I was, you're right. There were so many places where I was like, please don't talk about it. Like we don't need to bring it up in front of his father. That was so awkward. And I really liked Willa. I thought she was so cool. And I hope that she is in like further in the books as part of the council and all that kind of stuff. So they go to the coron or they do the coronation. They come out of Nikos. Then they decide they're going to go meet the blood fiend. And I thought this was cool. This felt very six of crows, high esque where they were like, okay, we're going to go in this way and we hop off the boat and I'm going to compel people to not remember me. And we're going to sneak in under the castle. And that all felt really nice and crafty. And here's Delano. He's like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. Delano's like, yeah, this is a trap. This is definitely a trap. It's a trap. Like, no, it's not a trap. Who's a trap, guys? Who's it's a definitely trap. trap? And then they get trapped by the Revenant or whatever her name is. The second sister. There are a lot of names for these people. I'm so confused. Who's who? This is another one. I need a flow chart because we're getting to this big fat info dump and I'm so confused. So we meet her. She's clever and crafty and they bring them upstairs. You don't get her name. She's just the Revenant. Yeah, but she's like the Revenant and a second sister. Like, a, a what is the, the Queen's guards? Oh, the Handmaiden? Yeah, she's a Handmaiden and she's a Handmaiden and a Revenant. And then Tawny shows back up. I like that they finally brought her back because I was wondering what happened yeah. to her. And I'm interested to see what they do with her for the rest of this because I feel like there's no way she was this ignorant. Just their no. interaction that's so brief where she's like, I have no idea what's going on. They are bad people. What are you doing? Which felt very Tawny, but I, I was not that convinced that she spent this whole time in the dark. Poppy says she picks up on some sort of feeling from her. It's like fear or something. And she's like trying to say something to her. But Ian like steps in and is like, oh, the Revenant's listening. Like, ixnay on the, and then they see this, the cat, you know, the cave cat. And the cave she's cat. like, she's like, I told you, I told you so. What did I tell you? Like you all saying I was crazy and they're gone. Here's a freaking cave cat. And then she's like drawn to this cat and they're like, don't touch it. And what does she do? She touches it. And then it changes into a man. And she's like, okay. And then he changes right back into a cat. They were like, he's she in like Vegas. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it felt very animorphs to me. Like very <laughs> like. All I could think of was Harry Potter. I was like, he's an animagus. You know? No, I was like, I was like very thrown back elementary school animorphs the covers of blonde girl turning into a mouse that's how i felt <laughs> yeah you know whatever you're old Our, that's that so she doesn't want to leave this man obviously because he's trapped Cass is like i get it but we need to go and so they're like going along and here shows here comes the revenant and delano like charged and i was like if they freaking kill him i will rage i'm just gonna throw that out there that feels unnecessary not your raging, them dying. Them dying yeah. feels unnecessary, okay? Yeah, I was like, 
That is a completely necessary rage. Definitely rage. Rage all you want, but them dying feels unnecessary. So don't do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was really worried that she was gonna kill him, but she he lives, thank goodness. And she's just like super quick and super ninja. And they're like, hmm, who is this girl? And they don't really know who she is. They know she's a handmaiden, but they don't know like what she is. And so they you know she's like we've been expecting you and they're like "Mm, well there goes that the element of surprise is gone and we're the ones that are caught off guard and so you know this is kind of the start of the this is like the end of the book that I really I just I loved how they did this but again another major information dump I'm still reeling red queen word vomit on everything her whole life story and it was sad so you know they're talking to the queen and she's like yeah I'm your mom So I know she's going to answer this in the next one, but I'm still confused. I know how babies are made, but I'm still confused as to how (laughs) I'm still confused as to how this happened. She was like, of course I carried you for nine months, but I slept with this guy. So I, uh, what are your kind of theories on that? Cause my theory is that she didn't know that the cave cat, spoiler alert, she didn't know that the cave cat was not Malik. She thought that it was Malik because it's his twin brother. It's his twin brother. And that she had found her like long lost love and he had somehow seduced her. But I don't understand his motives as to why he would sleep with her or pretend to be Malik. One. And two, I'm just confused as to like what happened there because obviously she found out he wasn't and that's why he's caged. But I don't understand the dynamic like how that happened. Yeah. So I have a theory. So my thoughts on this are that Okay, she goes on to talk about how, you know, she had a son and Poppy has a brother, had a brother and the queen knew about it and Malik and their son, he took their son. He's like, I'm going to get him to safety. I'm going to come back for you. And she says she waited for him for years, for hundreds of years and waited and waited. And it was so sad. And you, and see, this is where they did Malik so dirty. So Malik loved Isbeth and the queen is Isbeth. So we find out that Malik wasn't a deity. He was actually a god. So he was Niktos' son. So Niktos um, had two sons. Malik is one of his sons. And he had to save Isbeth because the queen got jealous and pissy and poisoned Isbeth. And so to save Isbeth, he was cheating on her. I was just like, he was cheating on her. I mean, he was, but poison is excessive that is not the answer (laughs) violence is not the answer violence is not Um, the answer and so you know you find out that like he ascended her to save her and she actually didn't ascend because he's a god and gods can't ascend mortals into vampires which was kind of weird to me because i was like wait isn't that how that works is it just deities or is it just atlanteans that can do that like again with the chart need an index and then they were like, well, her eyes were dark. So we thought she was ascended, but you've never seen an ascended. So how would you know that that's what that was? Do you know what I mean? And you all have a bloodlust too. So this was a big cover up. I, I know I also, that it's a big cover up, but it was weird. It was like, how did you let this like, run so rampant? Yeah. It, yeah. And that's, you know, that's what Poppy asked. I mean, this, that, that next conf- confrontation is amazing, but like, you know, she's, Isbeth is saying, you know, I had a son and Alistair killed him and you know they're talking here comes Alistair again and they knew all of these plans and everything that was gonna happen because of Alistair and I'm like again well okay rewind Alistair's dead let's just throw that out there Alistair got his top knot whacked off and then the woven ate him cannibalism really weird not okay with that that was so stupid where she was like I wonder if it ruins their digestion I was like shut the front door <laughs> 
keep going. Cannibalism? That that wasn't where your mind went? Yeah, like, it was so weird. Like it, was, it was like, I will say that I do like that they finally described that Alistair couldn't turn into a woman. This this is so out of order. I'm so sorry for anybody that's read this book. Good God. Um, <laughs> I like that they finally said that once he broke his bond, he could never turn back into a woman. But when they ate him, I was like, Bleh. that was disgusting. <laughs> I was just like, weird. Can we not? But anyways, Alistair gets gets real dead in the beginning. And so, but he, he felt like a scapegoat for the rest of the book for anything bad that happened. It was like, not both blame it on Alistair, which I mean, he was, he was, again, had this warped sense of protection of Atlantis. It was weird. And so anyway, so, you know, we're talking to the queen and the queen keeps going on about how she's happy that Alistair's dead. She's talking about how she loved Malik and she, you know, she, this all happened because she loved Malik and Malik loved her. They had a son. I mean, Malik is a god. He lives forever. He's immortal. So yeah, he's going to get bored, whatever. But like, I, I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me. And so you don't know what Isbeth is. She thinks she's a goddess, but she's not. That's confirmed later yeah. that she's not. But like, she thinks that she's some almighty goddess. And, and it was really funny because Poppy's like, if she is, then why are the wolven still bonded to me? She picks up on that immediately, which I really like. The woven are like, mm, no, you're not. You're just kind of, what are you? And like, no one knows what she is. She's just very powerful. And she says that she played off being an ascended because that was what was going to keep her safe. So she found out what the queen had done to Malik and what the queen had done to her son. And she never found Malik. My theory, I think she knew that it was Iris. Um, I think that she knew that it wasn't Malik. I just think she was so consumed with rage and guilt and some sort of warped sense of substitution for Malik that she just basically raped Iris and had a baby because she was so empty and psycho and lost because her child was murdered her love like the love of her life is gone she's all alone and so the Red Queen is terrible like she's a she's bad but she is the creation of the King Queen of Atlantia, 1000%. And I think for me, the true villain of the entire story is the Queen of Atlantia. This all started because she was pissed off that her husband was cheating. I get it. That's not great. That is not great. He's also a god and is immortal. They make Malik out in this entire series to be this terrible person, killed people and was this and that and da 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 da. And you know, in reality, he's just trying to save the woman he loves and his child. In the end, it does not work out well. And this whole thing happens because the queen got all pissy about it. And then the queen knew that she wasn't ascended. And it was like, I was embarrassed. Millions of people died because they were embarrassed. Everyone knew. None of us were shocked. So get over it. The theme of this whole book is like, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. That's how I feel. And it's just like, okay, we get it. We understand you had like a rough go of it. There's so many questions I have in here because they made it seem right. Exactly. Malik couldn't control his emotions. And I'm confused as to how it went from Malik being the king slash the last deity and like what he did. So was he really savage? Did he get rid of all the other deities and then decide to rule with the Atlanteans? So maybe Malik isn't the best. He's like, I don't know, a little morally gray. He got bored. He's a God. He lives forever. That's why he killed the deities. He got bored. And they say that, which. Yeah. But like, they also said that the deities were really emotional. So it's like, Mm -hmm. and that they, you know, wanted to end the world and stuff like that. So I, I wonder a little bit about if Malik is a good guy or not. 
obviously he like cheated on his wife and stuff but i wonder if he is as like rage prone as the other queen like makes him out to be i have no idea what her name is so i'm not even gonna try but yeah like that is not the response that you should have i i guess it's just silly to me because the idea of the ascended and like we said before I like the structure of this, the Atlanteans, the deities, the gods, you know, the ascended and all that kind of stuff. But it makes no sense if she was the first ascended, how you decided on that. Like, how were you were like, okay, they're vampire. That's what she is because she ascended, but you've never seen one before. And how would you know what the difference is between a vampire and her and what happened to her? I know that she's mortal and obviously something's changed, but why was the first thing you said was like, oh, she's a vampire, but we've never seen one of those before. And then you just like rolled with it and it got worse and worse and worse. So that to me was like one of those ones where it's like a little bit of a plot hole. It makes no sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So she created this kingdom of ascended and created all the ascended and Poppy calls her out on that. She's like, yeah, that sucks. Like, I feel bad for you, but you're also to blame here. You created the ascended you created this army if you really cared about atlantia and about its people you wouldn't have done that you're doing this out of revenge you're not doing this for the better of the people and it's a mess and so you yeah like you and iliana's little squabble and back and forth i don't know it was just so i didn't like how that was the backstory of it and this is how all of it started it made me so angry i was like both queens here are the true villains of this entire story. Yeah, hands down. Totally agree. I, I just, I don't understand how all this came to be still. And I hope that we get more of an explanation as it goes on because Malik is like gone. And then how did you figure out after like feeding on some babies that like the third one becomes the revenant and then you built this like huge army. That is so confusing to me. Are, do you agree? Like I'm so confused as to how you figured out half of them have like strong blood, but they're not ascended, but we didn't eat them. And then there's like, now all of a sudden these unkillable yeah. machines. The Revenant situation didn't make sense to me. Maybe because Malik was a god. But like, what does that have to do with being a third born? I, don't, I was so confused by I that. Know. I was like, this makes no sense. I don't understand. That is where the big plot holes came in for me. Is like, she yeah. decided to create this huge kingdom, married another dude, slept with another guy, had his kid got rid of Poppy and gave her to like one of her handmaidens slash revenants. And that woman was like, what she's doing is wrong. So I'm going to try and like fix it, which was fair. Like we liked Poppy's other mom that took care of her. Like, I think that was great. And I liked that we finally got an explanation for her dreams and what was happening and all of that. And I'm glad that we can put that to rest. Hopefully. But (laughs) there was so many things in here that just made no sense to me. We were getting here and it was like, I'm sorry, what? she gets all crazy goddess and you know exerts her power and holds poppy and castile captive and then kills kieran's little girlfriend i Mm -hmm. was like okay so what was the point of that i just that was one of those ones where it's like okay what a useless character and then the (laughs) queen goes and fruit ninja chops off ian's head and for a minute there i was like who's ian i literally forgot i've forgotten him he's such a forgettable character just like oh mm, bummer but why did you bring him back just to kill him off and then the queen's like yeah had to do it and it's like did you have to do it and then obviously poppy freaks out the queen just okay if she's not a goddess what is she and how is she able to like overpower poppy that was my thing i was like i'm ready for that explanation okay she's choking and she's dying and then Castile's like, make it stop, make it stop. And I was like, oh, again, this is another moment with Castile. He's like, make it stop, make it stop, you know? And he's just like, take me. And I was like, no, and he's like, take me. And I was like, this is not happening. And then she takes him and I was devastated. He gets taken again. Poppy's like, 
I promised him he wouldn't have to go through that again. And now, you know, that promise is broken. And so she, when she wakes up and finds out that he got taken, she like goes mega psycho, which I was, I was here for like, same. I was not happy. <laughs> yeah. Poppy is the ultimate. I will raise heaven or hell to get what I want. And I was like, yeah, I actually saw this coming. I 100% saw this coming. I was really, like, yes. I did not. I had a feeling Castillo was going to die or he was going to get taken. That felt very natural to me. I, Better than death. Yeah. I, I saw it coming. I was like, okay, this is where we're going to go. So it's either going to be her, him. And then right in that moment where he was like, take me instead. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I like, I don't know. I felt it at the beginning of the scene that like someone was going to end up kidnapped. And I, I don't know. It wasn't that surprising that it was Castile, but I, I like that this is finally where Poppy like comes into it. My theory about the queen and why she's more powerful is because Poppy doesn't have a like good grip on her powers. That's true. The queen is thousands of years old, whereas she is um, 19 and just by coming into her powers is in the last like two months. So but that makes sense. She should be way more powerful. I agree. I was like, but also again, here comes this cryptic message. You've always had the power within you. And I'm just like, okay. And so she wakes up and realizes Cass is gone and then has this standoff with the Revenant. And she like freaks out, kills a bunch of the Royal Knights, Royal Guards, and the Revenant's like, don't kill these, these people. She has this arrow that she's going to like shoot at her. And, um, you know, she's like, there's a lot of innocent people here. And so Poppy kind of backs off and chills out a little bit. And she basically tells her, she said, okay, where is he? Tell me where he is. Where did she take him? She's like, oh, I can't tell you that. No, you're going to tell me where they're taking him. And she's like, if you don't, I will kill you. And she's like, you think I'm afraid to die? She's like, no, but I know you're afraid that all these other innocent people are going to die. And I have no qualms with making that happen. And it was just like, dang. And so, you know, the Revenant's like, yeah, she took him to the Capitol. That's probably where he went. (laughs) You know, we find out that. And so Poppy's like, all right. So they leave and go back to Atlantia. And then she confronts the queen. And I loved this. I was living for Poppy in this moment. And the fact that the queen was so uncomfortable and she had to actually own up to all the shit that she started and caused and created. I loved every second of it. I like when she comes in and that advisor and she's like, I can feel that he doesn't trust me still. And she walks in and she's like, I don't care what you think of me. I'm your queen. And not only that, I'm a God. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a God, not a goddess, a God. Oh, that was awesome. I wonder if this remnant girl is going to be a part of the next one, or if she's going to like get a name or anything like that, just as a side tangent. I feel like she's going to flip. I feel like her and Malik are going to flip. Based on how he was acting and how she was acting, I feel like they're going to flip sides. I hope because Malik, queen is toxic. We just need to wipe up all the queens out, not Poppy the queen, but the other two queens and the king. And yeah, I was like, yeah, queen, yeah, do it. That was so good. The, she so does good. such a good job with endings, man. And oh. she has that chat with her and that was so uncomfortable. And you like feel it and you're like, who God, I don't want to be you. That it sucks. was like, that sucks to suck. Jealousy doesn't look good on anyone. So yeah. um, if there's it's anything like you learned from this book, has no fury like a woman scorned scorned woman and um i'm excited for how this is gonna play out in the next one and you know it's gonna be good oh i love the end of this book yeah this sorry dragons finally like this is what i wanted this is the end of this book was so good the last hundred pages i was just living for all of it i loved it I don't know. It was so good. And so, you know, she obviously confronts the queen and then her and Kieran go to Nikjo's temple again. 
he doesn't need Nikos' permission to use his guards, which are the Draken or the Drakens. And she goes down there and she meets Nectus. Again, Nectus, Nikdos. There are so. 26 letters in the alphabet. It is time to pick a new one. I also, know. these are spelled so similarly too. I was like, okay, listen, I get it. I get it because it's his advisor or whatever and you wanted them to have, no, put an X in front. Got like a silent, a nice silent Y at the beginning. Just yeah, it was a little weird. But then you find out you're, she's like, Isbeth is claiming that she's a god. And he's like, no, she's not. Another TVD reference. The Blood Queen reminds me of Catherine. And yes! that she's like, I'm so old and so powerful. And like, I'm like an original. I've been around for so long. That's what she reminds me of. Big Catherine vibes. And I'm never going to unsee that now. I'm just going to picture her as Catherine. Makes you hate her more, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> so much more. Anyway, so you find out from Nexus that Iris is actually her dad. Malik is not her dad. Isbeth is still her mom. With him. But you find out that Iris and Nectus's daughter are like missing. She's puts two and two together. She's like, could he change forms? Yes, he can change forms into a cave cat or a big cat. She's like, mm, by the way, he's uh, in the castle, still kind of alive and um, not in good shape. And so, you know, the Draken are like, we want, we need him back. We need him back because that's the only way that the consort is going to awaken basically is if she has her son back she like makes a deal with him she's like all right we'll get iris we'll bring him back to her and i need you guys to help me bring the kingdoms together and if it comes to war it comes to war i thought it was really funny because she's like i just want you guys to help me we don't need to kill people and he's like you're asking a bunch of dragons to just roll up and just like help you that it doesn't work that way <laughs> it's so great i love that I'm so ready to see how these dragons play out. <laughs> I like them I a lot. Them. I love them. I love them so much. I like that she gets so savage and she's like, set a meeting with a king or the queen and I want to meet them. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And you know, she's taken no prisoners. I felt that. I felt, I was like, something's going to go down and it's not going to be good. She had huge Daenerys Targaryen vibes going yeah. on here. And then she shows up and it's the king. It's not the blood queen. I was surprised that the king was there. I didn't see that coming into play. I guess he's kind of irrelevant if we're being honest. So this part kind of like, made sense. Apparently all the kings are. Apparently yeah. the queens just run everything, which and I mean. drips. Here for that. But note, except for Cass. I didn't like after the coronation where she was like, I want the arrow and the sword to be the same length. And it's like, why? You are way more powerful than Cass and we know it. I didn't, I don't know. I was like, listen, honey, does it need to be equal? <laughs> You just need to be like a little bit longer. Everyone was saying that. It's really funny because everyone, like even the, the other queen was like, but you're a lot more powerful than he is. Her and Cass's relationship in this book was actually great. We talked about from Blood and Ash and how problematic and toxic the ending was and how we did not appreciate that. But their relationship in this book was so good. They're um, actually talking. Yeah. They're actual communication yeah there's no like there's vulnerability there's no hiding any anything any feelings they actually have conversations about the crown her nightmares like her parents important things like and it's actually discussed between them and it's not just like her making some rash decision or him making a rash you know it was it was their relationship was actually like health but i really like their relationship in this book i will say that she gets her dragon army basically and i love reaver reaver is uh my favorite i have a feeling reaver is going to be a continue to be a favorite throughout the series <laughs> she finds the king and and he's like you brought me all the way out here 
to bring a message back to the queen. And she's like, oh no, you're not bringing a message back. You are the message. Kieran comes out and whacks his head off. And I was like, yes. I was shocked. I wasn't actually, I lied. I wasn't that surprised, but I thought it was crazy. I was like, wow, she's going to kill the king off just like that. And then she tells the reverent guy, you know, take this message back to the queen. And I was like, okay, that is savage. I was not expecting that as far as like just offing the king. I'm excited to see where this goes with the dragons. I don't understand why there are only so many female dragons. That was a weird side note, but I'm interested to see kind of where they take them and if they are more powerful and all that kind of stuff and like yeah. how this is going to go. Oh, she really knows how to end the cliffhanger, man. Oof, it was so good. I loved how the Revenant was like, can't do that to me. Like, can't kill me. And she's like, this is the fire of the gods, right? That's how we kill you. And this Reaver just like, boom. And it's just like, let's do this. And he's like, oh shit. Like it's <laughs> such a moment of him just being like, oh, this is not good. And then he just like gets thrown against the wall and he's like sitting there just like, basically bleeding out and stuff like that and she's like here's here's his head take this back to the queen and tell her that if she touches my husband I'll rip her to pieces thanks bye I am still confused as to how all of them work and how dragon fire is what's going to kill them all but like I don't know they're stupid the beginning of this book and the very end of this book were so good in the middle was just it fell flat for me not it for me so yeah what what is your star rating for this book I gave this a three ish yeah because for me the other books are like a four four and a half I really like genuinely loved them and this one for me the middle was so uncomfortable I guess we forgot to talk about this too but the part where she meets Castile's potential other wife or whatever that they pointless were a pointless scene that was so there were so many pointless scenes and it, it was like that was such a weird one too she was like I would have fed you to the I don't know R-O-U-S-S-S I don't know what they're called in the book and I was like that was such an unnecessary scene it was just weird there were so many of those little scenes in there with that and then you know I thought that something was going to happen with Karen's mom nothing happened with her like giving birth and his sister coming back and saying she was going to fight with her there was like these little weird things that I feel like just didn't connect. And there was a lot of plot holes. I'm excited to see what happens in Nico's book, The Shades of Ember. And hopefully that explains a little bit more about what's happening. But I just felt like there was so much confusion as to how these people were developed, what happened to who. And there was too many unanswered questions for me to wait like another year to answer all the questions that she dropped at the end. So for me, it was like the internal monologue in the middle was really boring. And I just felt like it got really repetitive. There was a lot of points that felt unpoppy and also annoying Poppy all at the same time that I just, when she asked, this is so silly. We're like the worst with chronological order, but when she gets to Atlantia and she's like, I think I'm ready to like ride my own horse. I was like, okay, that didn't need to be written. Or it just like was such a big deal. It was like set, it was more pages than any of the smut scenes. Her talking about picking out a gray mare and like riding it into town. And I was like, is this Rapunzel? What's going on? So it was like a handful of those scenes that felt like very unnecessary to me. The relationships with his parents were strangely developed with him and his dad and the internal monologue of whether I'm not going to take the crown or not. Those all just sort of like ruined the middle for me. I thought the beginning was so good up until about chapter eight in this scene where Castile, I guess until the scene where Castile comes and she gets shot with the arrow. Up until then I was like in love. And then I was pretty happy from when the blood queen finally explains who she is until the end. That was 
that was pretty good for me. I, that was very on par with how I anticipated the ending to go, but the beginning was so good. I didn't, I didn't like love, love the ending, but the beginning was so good. And I wish you kind of carried that energy throughout. What about you? That was a long So I gave it like a 3.25 is where I kind of placed it just because the ending saved it for me, to be completely honest. I really loved the beginning up until she wakes up from being ascended in that weird moment with Castile and Kieran. The moment before was so emotionally charged and it was so amazing and I loved it. And then it just, it just went down for me again, you know, the, the needless dialogue, the, the repetitiveness of it, the pointless scenes that were just, they didn't add anything to the story. They didn't add anything to the characters. They were just kind of, they felt like filler and I, in fluff and I just kind of wasn't there for it. Um, yeah, the middle really fell flat for me. It really did. And I was like, this is, it, it was kind of hard for me to finish the book if I'm being completely honest. And so I was going through and then up until the kind of like heisty scene where they, you know, go into the castle there to the end, I was like, okay, this is what I was looking for. And this is what I really um, enjoyed about how she finished off. I, I loved how she finished off the book. I loved it. It was very... Daenerys Targaryen vibes loved it so like a 3.25 just because of those the beginning and the end did it for me it was great the middle was just it fell flat was not was not it and also again these are spicy books like they're meant to be kind of spicy like the first book was very spicy the second book was very spicy but this one spice really fell flat for me it was just kind of just like meh I don't know it just it seemed very repetitive and a little bit boring so It'll be interesting to see. I kind of have a theory that this is going to be kind of like, um, you know, she says, don't hurt him. And if she hurts him again or whatever, he's going to, like, she's going to pay. But I have, you know, both of us have read Outlander. We know what happens to Jamie at the end of, of that book. And so I have this, like, feeling that he's going to be a bit psycho and a bit crazy when she gets him back. And that's going to be a big I kind of hope that's going to be a big premise of the next book is them, is her like being there for him. I feel like the next book is going to be her trying to get cast back. It's going to be very, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of war, a lot of intense scenes. At least I hope so. If she, I hope she carries the, the energy from the end of this book all the way throughout the next book. So I'm really hoping for that. So we'll see. Um, I am excited to read Nikdos's book and kind of get some backstory on that. Um, that will be interesting. Um, I hope that will answer some of our questions because I hope the first maiden's in there. Cause if not, I'm going to flip a table. I feel like Poppy just, I have a question. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my take on it. I mean, yeah, not my favorite in the series. I'm hoping it gets better from here. <laughs> I'm interested Brain. to know like what the conclusion, I guess we'll never find this out until the end, but I'm mm-hmm. interested to know kind of where this story is going because this felt like one where it could have ended. I know that there's six books and I'm obsessed with the fact that there's six books. I love Castile and Poppy as a couple. I love their yeah. dynamic and Kieran and the side characters. Like she does a really good job and I know she does well at making a long series. I just want to know what the end game is. And I'm assuming end game is ending the blood queen's reign, but I would like some retribution, I guess for his mom and like the mistakes that she made long-term. And I would like, obviously you know, we want the blood queen to go away and all the ascended and all that kind of stuff. But I would like to know kind of our end game is because I'm a little bit bored, right? My, time. my feeling is that this next book is going to be her taking, fighting the blood queen, getting her crown 
and becoming queen of both Solas and Atlantia. And then I feel like the next one is her learning how to rule and kind of what you were talking about, being at court, meeting, meeting the people of Atlantia, bringing the two together and really focusing on that. And then I feel like the last one is, I kind of am hoping that the last one is going to be just cookie cutter, cute, her and Castile have a baby and all things are happy. And she has a little deity baby and it's, you know, there's a joining and Castile and her live forever and everything is happily ever after. Stop reading. There's a baby. (laughs) Really? Absolutely. I hate (laughs) that trope. I hate that, that that's how this has to end. I don't like that. I don't like when they do that stuff. I hate that trope. I hate the like perfect couple. We've like lived our life and it's been like 2.6 days. And now it's time to think about a baby. That's the only way that this is going to end. Our like perfect little lives together is going off on the pregnancy trope right after you guys have been together. I would like three to seven books in between. And I would like it to never happen. Well, I'm saying it's going to be the last moment of the series. If they have a baby, I'll just light the books on fire i'm thinking it'll end with her being like i'm pregnant like that's that's how it'll probably end which i'm not mad about but like i would like it to end to be okay the joining they're gonna live forever there's peace in the kingdom things are kind of settling down we're good oh by the way i'm gonna have a baby so i would like that to be like the very end of the last book (laughs) i hate that trope so much i i don't know i don't like that trope i agree i that would be fine if that's how they ended the it. happily ever after ending it's gotta be because she's not gonna write more after that i don't know well also rage if castile dies yeah i'm gonna be all of us will unwell rage. i have a feeling my theories for the next one would be that this is when we switch to castile's point of view and it's gonna be his memory him remembering meeting her at the red pearl and like their progression and it's gonna go back between him and poppy but his point of view is gonna be him essentially going insane and remembering yeah yeah reliving all those memories yeah i think that's oh that's heartbreaking oh my god that's a great idea if it's not your idea feel free to take it i'm just gonna curl in the corner and cry now that's how i think that's how it would go really well it makes sense just throwing that out there that would be great that would be amazing it would be heart-wrenching but it would also just be like uh you should write i should be a writer (laughs) just like that anyways So kind of final thoughts. It it was myth for me as well. I, it fell a little flat. I didn't realize I wasn't liking it until about halfway through and it took me two weeks to finish. I'm ready for the next one. I'm ready for the one that comes out in October. I just, I'm kind of bummed because this was a huge release for me. I was so highly anticipated and it just was kind of meh, but we still love you, JLA. (laughs) We do. We do love you. We just, this one wasn't it for us. It's okay. It's okay. Not it for everyone. I will say no. I don't love that the cover is a little bit off center. Is yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Just a, just a tidbit. Anyways, but it's we okay. Move on to our obscure book recommendation of the week. Yes, 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 yes. So every week, uh, if you've listened to our past episodes, but um, every week we do, we try to do some sort of obscure book recommendation or something that either we haven't seen on the book interwebs or we haven't seen in a while or something that we just really enjoyed and want to talk about and recommend. So Todd, what is your obscure book recommendation this week? I am bringing in the summer book Rex. I brought Here's to Us by Elaine Hildebrand and her book, The Blue Bistro, is like one of my favorite standalones ever. So I had to pick up another book by her. It is about three women who are all married to the same man at different points in their lives. So Laurel was his high school sweetheart. And then Belinda was 
his, I think, secretary. And then Scarlett was another person that like he fell in love with. I forget who's who and how they all fall in love. But he divorces, obviously, the first one to marry the second one to divorce the second one to marry the third one. And he's this like eccentric, eccentric, famous chef. And when he dies, he leaves his house in all of her books are set here, but he lives his Nantucket vacation home to all of them and makes them go there to like sort through his will and all that stuff together. And he has kids with like a, some of them, like he has different children with them. So they like have to bring, and it's like a huge family reunion with the stepchildren and all that kind of stuff kind of going through. It is, it's such a good book. I like the Blue Bistro better, but I like her writing style. And I like the way that this one's set up and it's kind of this awkward family reunion. And them all sort of realizing like who did really know their dad. And you get to see all the different relationships with someone who's dead and you know, how he lived his life kind of crazy. And then at the end, they all sort of become friends. This is a very Frankie and Grace, but without the comedy. Anyways, I love it. It's a good summer read. It's pretty thick. Yeah. It's like three or 400 pages, but it's a good one. Nice. What about you? That sounds a little awkward. My obscure book recommendation this week though is called The Bride and it's by Julie Garwood. This is a romance novel. This is the first in the Laird's fiancés duology, I guess. So it's The Bride and the Wedding. Um, So The Bride is basically about this young woman who, Janie is her name. So she is forced to marry Alec, who is this Scottish Laird who um, is being forced to take an English bride. So, and he takes her back to Scotland and it's her fighting every step of the way against him. And there's all these rumors that he had like killed his first wife. And so she's trying to figure out if he actually did. And all these accidents are happening to her. Bad things are happening. And she's like, is this him trying to kill me? And so there's, you go through the entire book and it's fighting with obviously like falling in love with him and, you know, figuring out that he's actually like a really good guy. Um, It's one of my favorite Julie Garwood books. I have a million like Julia Quinn, I have, and Sherilyn Kenyon, I have a million Julia Garwood books. She's one of my favorite romance authors. So um, highly recommend really any of her books. They're really good. But The Bride has is probably my favorite Julia Garwood book. It's really good. Big Outlander vibes. Oh, big. It's so great. I love it. Highly recommend. That's The Bride by Julia Garwood. That sounds fun. I like that one. We have to add that one to the TBR. It's a good one. Uh, so this is the conclusion of our From Blood and Ash series. We are done with all of that until probably October when the next one comes out. And then our next series we are starting is Throne of Glass. So we are going to go on this insane ride. We are doing our first Sarah J. Mass series, book, everything. We are so excited. I have not read any Sarah J. Mass at all. Um, I'm so excited for Kristen <laughs> to dive in. I am so excited because I hear there are dragons and I'm here for it. I haven't but read like, this either. So this will be fun because neither of us have read the yes, series. Yes. So I am so excited. So, so, so excited to start um, Drone of Glass and um, dive into the world of Sarah J. Mass, which I'm so excited. I see I see all of the fan art, all of the, the fandom, everything. And I just, I, I'm excited to be Ready a part of that and to fangirl alongside with all of you so i'm very excited about that um yeah so throne of glass yeah so excited we're gonna have some bonus episodes thrown in there too so it's not just sarah j mass but months and months of throne of glass still very excited i'm so ready for it i cannot wait i have no words i'm just so ready it's gonna be fun. Same. very ready but yeah we have a couple of other things coming up 
probably announced this already on our Instagram, but we are starting a book club starting June. So if you want to join that, there's a link in our bio with some more information and we'll be, you know, deciding probably this week on the book that we're going to choose. So make sure to head over there and get some more info, vote on the polls, et cetera, et cetera, to join the book club. And we'll be doing that uh, just one book per month. And then we'll kind of do a meetup at the end of the month, like a quick call to discuss and go over some things. And yeah, we have a guest coming on in the summertime. We're really excited for mid June. So next month we'll have a guest and we're doing a couple of bonus episodes and reviews and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely go check us out on the interwebs. So uh, on TikTok and on Instagram, we are at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Go check us out. Say hi. If you have any recommendations or books that you want us to read, please subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review. And if you enjoy our podcast, please share it with a friend. Yeah, we love all of you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Okay, bye. I'm going to stop doing that. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We'd appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.